start a, a brand new series uh, called House of Prayer today. A house of Prayer. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling. They're meek, mild-mannered, compassionate, sensitive, nice, kind Jesus drove them out. The book of Mark says he made a whip and he drove them out of the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers, probably gently, and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. Jesus says this, he says, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. It was designed, it was created, it was originally intended for this house, primary focus, primary purpose, to be a house of prayer. When Jesus said this, he was quoting the prophet Isaiah, who in the book of Isaiah, he said this, he said in 50, Isaiah 56 verse 7, he says, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Joy comes from the house of prayer. Psalm 16 says this, that the fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. He says, their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. I love this. I love this. The church of Jesus Christ is not for some people. It's for all people, for all nations, for every tribe, tongue, ethnicity, country, nay, it's for everybody. It's for, it's for everybody. He says, my house of prayer will be for all people. God designed the church of Jesus Christ for its primary focus to be prayer. Growing up, I have, uh, I, have a, I have a brother and three sisters, so there's five of us uh, total, and so we had a small little house growing up with, with one shower. Yep, one shower. I, you heard that right. Three sisters, one shower, and so that means I never bathed. I mean, that's, that's pretty much how that was. It's like, my, my older sister specifically is like, you did not, like, you didn't intrude on her prep time. That was like, she was, that was her temple that bathroom and to, so like we're out in the hose you know it's like we just did what we could uh to get by and and uh, I I came to my dad one time as I was getting older and I said dad I need like some space like this is crazy we're all in this house and I said can I can I just take like just a part of the garage and just make it my room and he's like well you can but this is in Washington state he's like it's gonna get cold I'm like it's fine I just gotta have space like this is crazy you know the sisters and, and um, all of that, and, and I, I just need room. And so he said, that's fine. So I went to Goodwill, and I bought, like, the office cubicles at the Goodwill, and um, I made myself a little room, and I had a couch in there. And uh, how many ever bought a new couch, and then you wish you had the old one back? Because the old one, you didn't even have to, like, you didn't even have to, like, position yourself. You just sat in and then kind of slide he just kind of slid into, it's just so beat down, it just slid into position. It was my couch, it was my seat, and my bed. It was everything. In my little room, and uh, I love my little room, and, and it did get cold. I'd be laying in like full sweatsuit, hoodie, blankets, just shivering, but at least I was alone. I was thinking, thank you God for that. It, 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 the, the, the wild thing is, is, is I made a bedroom what was designed to be a garage, Garage, I'm sure the architect, whatever, he didn't think about some teenage kid living in the corner of the garage when he designed it. He probably would have put some insulation or some heat in there. He, he designed it for cars, 
for storage for most of us. Um, he, he designed it for something different than what I was using it for. Can I tell you this? When Jesus came announcing the church, when God designed the church, he said this is its function. It should be a house of prayer. And I'm concerned that we've lost our purpose along the path of culture somewhere, some way, and we have made, we've made garages into bedrooms, we've made houses of prayer into houses of popularity and houses of self-serving Christianity. I'm worried that we've lost some of the integrity of the design by being convoluted in the crisis of culture, and now we don't know which way's up and which way's down, and we're just saying, man, I think the church was created for me. Jesus came in and he says, hey, this is not a marketplace. This is a meeting place. This is not a place where you do business. This is a place where you have encounters. This is a house of prayer. Jesus was upset not because there was business happening, but because the church, the temple lost its primary function. The people that were doing business were selling animals for sacrifices that had to take place in the temple. But there was all kinds of devious business practices, overcharging, all kinds of things to where the business became more focused than the function it was intended for. And when Jesus came in, he said, well, we've got to get this right. The marketplace can't be more important than the the meeting place. This place was designed to be a meeting. This is a house of prayer. And I'm worried that the capital C church in some ways has lost its purpose, that our first and primary function is to be a house of prayer. Because if we understood that we're a house of prayer, we would understand this, that what we've talked about in previous series is true, that the kingdom of God has come, that rules have changed, and the impossible has become possible. That anything now is possible. That's what happens when the kingdom of God shows up. When the kingdom of God shows up, you, your doctor said you're sick and you're going to die, but when the kingdom of God shows up, we believe in a God that can heal you no matter what is said. We believe in a God of the impossible. But when the church loses its purpose, it also loses its power. If we lose why we are what we are or what we're supposed to be, we also lose our power. I, I, I didn't just like misplace my son's Lego set. This is actually, this is on, this is on purpose. This is, this is for an illustration. I actually had some of the staff go and grab this this morning, and, and I thought it was going to be like more of like a house because the series is House of Prayer, but it's a bee farm. <laughs> so thank you to whoever got the bee farm. Um, the title is right here. It says, The Bee Farm. The Bee Farm, all right? It's Minecraft edition for all of you Minecraft fans. The Bee Farm. And um, if you open this box, it has the exact amount of pieces to make the bee farm according to the instructions that are in the box. It's just, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cut and dried. You open it, there's instructions. You follow the instructions, and you will build the bee farm that it describes right here on the front. I know, it's, it's a lot. If I opened this and I built an airplane out of the pieces here, that's fine. It's possible. It's possible. It probably wouldn't look great because the pieces were not designed to build an airplane. There would probably be some pieces that would be left over. There would probably be some, like, 
odd pieces of the airplane that didn't fit totally right because I made something out of this that it was not designed to be made as. You know what Jesus was saying? He's saying, this is a, it's a a bee farm. I got to go with the illustrations. It's a tough one. This is a bee farm. And every piece matters in the bee farm. And there's instructions on how to build the bee farm. And people have come in through culture, and we've taken the pieces that God's given us, and then we make it into something different than what he designed it to be. And then we wonder why it doesn't produce, what is bee, honey. It doesn't produce honey because we never built a bee farm. We built an airplane. And I'm worried that when, when God was so clear in Isaiah 56, when Jesus reiterates it in Matthew chapter 21 and throughout the Gospels, that this will be a house of prayer, that we've thrown out the instructions and we've built what pleases us in our current day and age. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but not only this building and this church, but you are a house of prayer. The the, the tabernacle that housed God, we are now, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells in you as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, which means I am a house of prayer. And when I try to make me into something that I'm not originated or intended to be, I will never produce what God's asked me to produce. And I can be mad at the architect because I'm something different, or I'm not happy, or I have missing pieces. But if I didn't build according to the pattern that he laid out, that problem is not on God, that problem is on me. The title should describe the function. The title, we we live in a world of social media that you can put anything in your title. You can put anything in your bio. Multi-millionaire. Are you? Are I mean, 400,000 customers. Do it? Really? Because you can put anything in there, but the title should describe your function. And if someone comes to you and something they read in your bio should be matched in your life, and if not, that's called hypocrisy. And if, 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 if I opened this and there was no pieces for a bee farm and there was pieces for an airplane, it would be a conflict of interest. It would be hypocrisy. It would be brand confusion. And I'm wondering if the church of Jesus Christ might be dealing with a little bit of brand confusion. We are a house of prayer. Do we pray? We are a house of power. Do we have power? Because the function has to line up with the time. What we market, we also have to produce. Come and be set free. Is anybody being set free? Because we can't market something that doesn't produce that thing. Otherwise, it's hypocrisy. This is what Jesus was trying to do. He's saying, whoa, hold up, hold up. This isn't supposed to be a marketplace. This is supposed to be a meeting place. And the reason that you're not satisfied in what you're doing and what you're giving yourself to is because you are trying to make this into something that it is not. So you got to go back to the instruction book and Jesus went back to the prophet Isaiah and he said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Andrew Murray said this, Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach. 
only how to pray. He did not speak much of what was needed to preach well, but much of praying well. To know how to speak to God is more than knowing how to speak to man. Not power with men, but power with God is the first thing. Jesus loves to teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Why didn't they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us how to multiply fish and bread? Jesus, teach us how to cleanse leprosy. They didn't ask him for that. They said, teach us how to pray. Because they saw a connection with Jesus, with the Father. And when Jesus prayed to the Father, power followed. So when Jesus was a house of prayer, power followed wherever he went. These signs and wonders will follow them that believe. So wherever he went, there were signs and wonders and miracles that were following him, not because he trained his disciples how to do signs and wonders, but he taught them how to pray. If we get our title and our function wrong, we might say we're a house of, as a church, fill in the blank. Whatever culture needs or wants from us, and, and we try to chase after power or popularity or growth. We try to chase after these things. And Jesus says, hold up. I think you're just supposed to pray. You're, so, so this is what prayer is. Prayer is not just what you think about. Prayer is not your, your list that you come to before God with. Prayer is connection. Prayer is being connected with God. Uh, you, can be connected, you can be connected with God all day, every day. When I say pray, some of you guys get intimidated because it's like, man, I, I don't even know what to pray. Like, wh how long do I pray for? Is, I mean, like 10 minutes or 17 minutes? Like, I, I mean, I pray for my kids. I pray for my wife. I pray for my job. I pray for my car. I pray for gas prices. I, 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 I pray. Like, what else do you pray for? It, it, it's, it's not, I was just talking, me and Phil were just talking about this. With men, sometimes it's difficult because we're like, uh, we did the list, so I think we're done praying. And, and, and sometimes you got to, like, hang out with God. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Just be with them. Yeah, yeah but like, like, like how long? Like, you, you, you just got it. Some of the wives need to like elbow their husbands. Like sometimes you just got to like be with. Like let's just, let's just do stuff together. God wants to do stuff with you. God wants to have connection with you. God wants to have conversation with you. He wants to just be with him. Forget about the list and connect with him. I'm not saying not to ask God or have requests, but maybe sometimes you should just be with him. Prayer is what connects us to God. Prayer is about connectivity. Years ago, the team that I used to love from the northwest area of Washington, they used to have a great quarterback. They don't anymore. Anyways, they were in a playoff game, and I was trying to watch the playoffs, and one of Dallas Ice Storms was coming through, and I had the old school, like, direct TV, like the dish, like the, like the satellite thing, and it froze over, and the game went out. And me and my brother are there, like, watching. I'm like, uh, we're in the middle of a playoff game. So I, like, run out, got the stepladder. I'm up there. I'm up there with a screwdriver, like, chipping the ice off, and I'm yelling down, like, is it on? Is it on? And now I'm kind of thinking, like, man, my younger brother should have been the one up there in the cold. He's in the Lazy Boy eating Doritos. No, not yet. Chip off a little more. I'm up there on the ice storm, like chipping off the, chipping off. The, 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 the signal was coming. 
The desire was there, but there was a break in the connectivity. Can I tell you this? God's desire is for you, just like your desire is for him. The break is somewhere in the connectivity. It could be, it could be pass- passivity. It could be complacency. It could be compromise. It could be distraction. It could be busyness. It could be, it, it, it could be all kinds of things, hurt, trauma, church hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness. We can go through the whole list. But when something breaks your connectivity, that's why you can't hear from God. That's why you can't be with God. So you've got to get the connectivity back. Because if there's no connection, there is no power. There is, if there is no, if there is no connection, there is no power. Power is directly related to your connectivity. So for some of us, our signals is broken. We just got a broken signal. We just need to get right with God, or we we need to just get things in right priority, or we need to just we need to really come back to right identity in who we are. So I, I want to give you a couple things as we begin to wind down about about how to be a house of prayer. How to be a house of prayer. And this is exactly it. I have to have the proper identity. Which means I have to know that I am a house of prayer. I, I have to know that I am. That's what I'm called to be. I'm a kingdom releaser through prayer. Prayer is what brings heaven to earth. This is crazy, but God chooses to regulate himself to the prayers of his people. How does God move on the earth? Through the prayers of his people. You know, there's a scripture that says that you have not because you ask not. And people argue that all the time. It's like, oh, these people just trying to get what they want. And no wonder you never get what you want because you're so consumed with the thought that people might be doing it selfishly that you never ask. And you're the exact exact person that's being written about. You have not because you there is, a, there is a surefire way to make sure that no prayer ever gets answered, and it's to never ask. My, my identity has to be found in this. My proper identity is I was created to connect with God. Ecclesiastes says he's put eternity in the heart of man, that he has put in us a desire that will only be fulfilled by him. It's why the world is, 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 is hopeless. It's why the world has futile searches is because the only satisfaction is when we have the proper identity, which is we are housing. I know it sounds crazy, but we house God, the, the proper identity. Jesus said the identity of his house should be a house of prayer, proper identity. The, if I have proper identity, I also have to have proper priority. So it's not only to know that I am a house of God, but I've got to be committed to the priority that his house has to be first above my house. I'm a house of God before I'm a husband. I'm a house of God before I'm a father. I'm a house of God before I'm a pastor. I'm a house of God before I'm a businessman. I'm a house of... It's a house of God. Everything flows out of my identity and priority in who God's called me to be. Because I can't be a good husband if I'm not a house first. I can't be a good father if I'm not a house. Does this make sense? That if I'm not connected to God, I will be a natural father, a natural husband, and a natural pastor. But when I get in my proper identity, then I also get the proper priority that I can actually be effective in what God's called me to do. But many people let the house of prayer be one house of many that they have. 
The house of prayer is the identity and priority of which everything else flows. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this about the early church. The early church was born out of a prayer meeting. Do you know that? That the, the way we came to be was not out of a revival service or a conference. It's out of a prayer meeting. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says that early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That word devoted means given over to the display, to the study, and to the discussion of prayer. It, it, it's not the last thing we do, it's the first thing we do. It's not when we have no other options we pray. We pray first, and then we do whatever God helps us do. When I get a doctor's report, I pray first and then act. When I'm trying to make a business decision, I pray first and then act. When I'm trying to make a decision about my future, I pray first and then act. It's not I've exhausted the options, now let's pray. I've done that before. You ever been there? It's like, okay, nothing's working. We better pray. Whoa, it's backwards. I'm I'm a house of prayer. I'm a a house of prayer first. It's the priority. Dutch Sheet says, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you've prayed. The priority has to be this prayer first, proper identity, proper priority, and proper agreement. Agreement. That's you and I together. You know what we did in worship just a couple minutes ago? We came into agreement about who God is. You know, the Bible teaches us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, it says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you, there's way more than two in the room, agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now listen to this. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. This is crazy concept. There's way more than two or three here. So God is, he's here. He's here. No, that'll change the way that you worship. That'll change the way that you pray. We're not trying to go through a religious motion for a God that is not present. We are trying to give worship to a God who is right here. So I have to have proper identity. I am a house. Proper priority. He's the only house and the first house. And proper agreement when we come together as houses to lift up his name. And then I want to close with this. Proper purpose. The purpose of prayer is to connect with God. It's not to get all my requests down. The purpose of prayer is to connect. You, you, ever, been, you ever been on a call, hit a bad area, the call drops, right? It's, it, it happens sometimes. When God's connected to you, he never drops a call. We think like, man, I don't know if God's speaking. No, he's speaking. You might not be listening. Not, not you. I'll say I might not be listening. Okay, that sounded a little bit like, that sounded a little rough. Let me just say it for myself. God's not silent. He's connected. He's connected. And you were, de- you were actually designed to connect with God. You little bee farm. You were, you were connected. You were designed to connect with God. Oh, it's so hard to connect. No, you were actually designed. It's easy because you were designed. It's hard to be anything other than. It's hard to be fulfilled in anything other than me being a house of 
a house of prayer that's connected to God. You are a house of God and have been designed to connect with Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? We like to use this scripture a lot. Talking about like fitness, staying in shape, which all that's important. I believe in that. I love that. Do you not know that your bodies, but do you know this, that you house the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God, you are not your own. Whoa. Whoa, in my life, I'm trying to figure me out. I'm trying to, who, who like, who polluted our, who polluted Gen Z with the I gotta like find my life thing? Did we stop reading the Bible? Maybe stop teaching the Bible? Maybe become houses of like, make people happy instead of houses of prayer. I, what I read is this thing is his and it's for him. It's hard to get mad at God when you understand that everything we have and are is his. It, it's hard to get mad at God when you realize I deserved hell and condemnation. But he loved me so much that he gave me a lifeline through his son, Jesus. It's hard for me to be mad at God about how life turned out when I realized that I deserved emptiness and hell and separation from God. And I got life and joy and peace. Is that too much? Andrew Murray says, live as a child of God. And then you will be able to pray as a child. And as a child, you will most assuredly be heard. I love this. Do you know God hears you? God knows the prayers that you pray and also the ones that you never have the strength to actually say. God knows the thoughts and the motives and the intents of your heart. He knows the dark places, the good places, the righteous places, the evil places. He knows, he know, he knows it all. And even though he knows it all, he never drops the line. He, he, we lose connectivity at times, but he never. Let me show you this as we close. Psalm, Psalm 100 in the message. Psalm 100 in the message. You don't have to say, I'm going to say on your feet, but it's just in the scripture. You don't have to stand up yet. It says, on your feet now. Applaud God. I like that. When we come to church, you ever, you ever thought like, man, why is everybody doing this? Why are the white people clapping? It's because white people can't dance, for one. It's like, it's that and this. Like, that's, like, somebody teach them. Applaud God. You know, the Bible says, it talks about clapping and lifting our voice and praise and applause because he's worthy. It says, on your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Now listen to this. Sing yourselves into his presence. Oh. How do I connect with God? I sing myself into his presence. Some of you are like, man, I hate singing. Well, get over it. Uh, you can sing however, John, whatever genre you want. You want like a little metal edition worship, that's fine. Like get in the shower and sing it out. If you can't sing, that's okay. The Bible says make a joyful noise. You can just be a noise, you know? That's all, that's all right, just do your best. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, know this. Whenever the Bible says no, it never, it's not talking about your speech, it's talking about your thoughts. When it says pray or say, it's talking about what you say. I know, it's deep today. God is God, and God, God, he made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. 
Enter with the password. Hold on. There's a password. There's a password to God's presence. It's thank you. Whoa. Make yourselves at home. See, this is not like religious and legalistic and you've got to be perfect. Make yourself at home. Slip into the comfortable couch. Be with God. Connect with Him. Talking praise. Thank Him. Worship Him. For God is sheer beauty. All generous in love. Love always and ever. Love always. Loyal always and ever. You know what? That means on my good days, He doesn't drop the call. On my bad days, He doesn't drop the call. On my righteous days, He doesn't drop the call. On my sinful days, He doesn't drop the He's loyal. He's loyal. Some of you feel like you can't connect with God because you've been bad. God's still there. Hello? 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 If you, if you reestablish signal, you're going to hear His voice. I want you to see this from this passage, Psalm 100, to connect with God. Sing to Him. I think we already went over this. We got to get over ourselves and sing to him. Why do why do we sing songs at church? Like I like I, I just like coming for the message. Thank you, by the way. Uh, but but it's important to sing. We don't sing to get to the message. We sing to help us focus our attention on God. We sing to enter His presence. We sing to Him. We think about Him. You know, like I'm 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 a big believer in like loud church. I think if you. If you're praying, I want to hear you. That's just my personal, like, I just, I just want to know. I, want to, I don't know what's going on up there, but I would like to know what's coming out of here. You're like, I want to hear you. But you know, there's a real power in meditation. Meditating on God. Be still and know. That's your thoughts. Think about Him. Do you know spending time with God is way easier than we make it out to be? So go, get ready. Prayer time. Here we go. Okay, Lord. No, just think about Him. Think about Him. You know why music helps you so much? Worship music helps you so much? Because all these words about God, your thoughts start going to God. And we start singing beautiful, glorious. You, and I'm thinking about Him. So I sing to Him. I think about Him. And I thank Him. I thank Him. This is what I was talking about. Sometimes you go through the photo reels of your life and you look back and like, you were here. And you were there. You're there, God. You were. Look at this. You brought me through. I thought I would never make it, and I'm here. I made it through. I thought I was going to die there, and I didn't die. I thought I'd be depressed forever, and I'm not depressed. And there at 16, you encountered me and changed my life. At 19, you called me into ministry. A month and a half ago, you healed my mind. Lord, you just can't. That's the password. It's the password. Thank you is the password to heaven. Thank you is the password to his presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I come in to his presence. Somebody somewhere taught some Christians that gimme was the password. Gimme, 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 gimme. And it's not. The password is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can stand up with me already up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanking him is gratitude for what he has done. But it's not done, it says, and praise him. Praise is praising him for who he is and what he will do. So watch how powerful this is. Thanking Him brings me into His presence. When I begin to tell God 
who he is. And I begin to thank him for what he will do. So I thank you. Lord, tomorrow I face a storm, but I know you will be with me. That's praise. You are righteous. You are my strength. You are my shield. You are the joy of my salvation. You are the rock on which I stand. You're my shelter in the storm. That's praise. That is, that is praise. And the Bible says God inhabits. Oh, he takes up residence in the place of praise. He makes a, you're his house. You're a house of prayer. You were designed to connect with God. God designed you so that he could connect with you. Oh, it's so hard. No, it's not. He wants to be with you. And he won't drop the line. Man, I've had a bad week. He's, hello. What was that old commercial? Like, long time? can you hear me now? Can you, I mean, he's like still like, can you, can you hear me now? It's like every time I call my wife, I get on the phone and then she's like, hold on, I'm connecting my AirPods. Wait, I mean, my Bluetooth. Oh, it went to my car. Oh, I'm like, you want to call me back when you're connected? I wonder how long God's been waiting on some of us. Not because he doesn't desire to talk, to meet, to encounter. Just wait for us to connect. God, we connect with you. I want to take just a couple minutes and just prayer and worship as we transition. I prayed for two things this week. I prayed, one, that God would meet us here. That there would just be a, a, just an, a realization that I was created to be a house of prayer. But then I really prayed that this week outside of here, in your own prayer times, on your way to work, in your own prayer closet, in your homes, that God would just encounter. Because what our church needs is not Sunday houses. They need, they need marketplace houses, and they need in our culture houses, and the restaurant houses, and they need these houses of prayer to walk around. And you know what's crazy? Is when God built and designed this house, we are not all the pieces that he chose. There's a lot of pieces that make up this bee farm that are not here yet. They're not here yet, but, but God has a place. See, there's a place for you. And there's a place for your husband that hasn't come here yet. And there's a place for your son and your daughter that haven't come yet. He, he designed, they're a part of it. I don't know how many pieces, 238 pieces. He knows every piece. The Bible says he knows every hair. I feel the power of God. He knows every hair that's on your head. He knows your name. He knows your history. He knows it already. The things you've been praying for. The things you've been contending for. The things you've been interceding for. God knows. He already knows that you only got 232 pieces at your house. And you're praying for six more. And he said, I didn't make the bee farm without the six. The bee farm's not complete until we get to six. So we're going after every prodigal, and we're going after every son and daughter, and every husband and every wife. We're going after every city. We're going to make sure that those pieces know.